Hi guys, it's Mike Five from NewMusicSaturday.com here to introduce this week's part one of the New Music Saturday podcast. Um, this week we've got the fantastic Alan Morrissey uh, in with us. Alan is an exceptional, talented guitarist. We have a great chat about uh, music, musical influences, gear, uh, the, the balance between art and science and songwriting and other random things, including the weirdest thing that someone ever did in his house. Uh, it's great fun. He's a really, really nice guy. We've said this so much recently. All of our interviews have just been so brilliant and we just want to chat to everyone again and uh, we are setting up some of those second rounds as well because honestly these conversations are something we just go on we just love it um we've got that and then we've got a whole mix of brilliant kick-ass rock and roll tunes um to, to really get you going on this fine afternoon evening morning whenever it is you're listening to this on catch up you're gonna have a rocking time uh, there's some heavy there's some less heavy but kind of punky post-punky there's some bluesy there's all kinds of stuff you're absolutely gonna love it uh, so i'm gonna stop talking and let you listen to it in fact i'm gonna play uh alan morrissey intro because we've got that on there as well enjoy guys hey this is alan morrissey otherwise known as loud heavy rock and you're listening to new music saturday with mike five and dr bones nice Is, is that is that a good lead-in? I mean, was that... And welcome to New Music Saturday with myself, Dr. Bones, a doctor of many things, but not a medical doctor, and the guitarist that we wish they were, Mike Five. What's happening, Mike? Good evening, brother. Um, yeah, I'm good. I was just saying, I've, um, I've hosted a virtual kid's birthday party on Zoom today, which is incredibly stressful. So I'm really excited to be here and like in my comfort zone talking about music hanging out with you talking to some cool guests so i'm on it mate i'm having a lovely time how are you uh very good it's been a pretty uh actually relaxed day to be honest with you but just the whole week has been like work like normal but uh nothing nothing too exciting except um no i'll get this to get to it later and i got another um uh jim story my neighbor jim but uh, we'll put that aside because we have an awesome guest. So welcome our guest, Alan Morrissey. Welcome to the show, Alan. 
Hi, good evening. How are you? Very well. How about yourself? Yeah, good. Thanks. Good, good. Great to be here. Thanks ever so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh, man. Uh, we've been trying to set this up for a while, so we're very happy to have you on finally. And uh, I think, really, I think my first question would be, uh, it's obviously music-related, but uh, just before I get into your music, I have to ask, um, David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar? <laughs> oh, <laughs> you, you've landed a heavy blow there for a thing. Um, <laughs> Now, this, I've got an opportunity here to really diplomatic everyone and say, well, they're both good, they've both got this, they've both got that. But I'm thinking, you know, if, if, if I'm, if I'm going to be um, DLR all the way, I think. Okay, no, no, fair enough. No, 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 I, I agree with you. Like, I do, I do, I do like Sammy, I really do. But yeah, you can't, you can't uh, pass up Diamond Dave, right? So. No, I mean. Sammy, Sammy, Sammy bought something very different to Van Halen and, you know, great frontman, uh, got some skills on the guitar, great singer. But I think in terms of sort of that sheer kind of original sort of rock and roll swagger, you're not going to get uh, much more than Dave Lee Roth. I think he was one of the original sort of, you know, um, hedonistic frontmen. Uh, so for, for me, he's kind of up there. He's up there in the pantheon of great frontmen. Nice, right on. So uh, let's get into the questions about your music. I just had to ask about that. I know it's a kind of hardening question, and that's the scope of what's going to be. That's going to be only, only kind of we'll call it a kind of put you on the spot question because otherwise it's all about the music, you know, that was. But, you know, I just I had to. I can't guarantee I won't have one later on, by the way. He <laughs> says it's the only one, but I can't guarantee I won't ask you something completely stupid that you won't have an answer for. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll wait. We'll get to that in a minute. <laughs> well, I, I, that one I just had to ask because I was actually thinking about that last night when I was uh, uh, doing out uh, uh, writing at the whiteboards, and I was thinking, like, no, what's no it? Because like I, I always plan throughout the week, and I kind of go back and forth. I'll switch questions, or I'll, I'll switch up a little bit, or what have you. And it's like, you know what? I can ask him. No, this might be a kind of on spot question, but I have to ask. I have to know whether if it's, it's Lee Roth or, or Sammy Hagar, right? So, well, it, it, it's funny because I was also thinking last night. I'm thinking, I hope they don't lead in with the. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I, I need to be used in gently. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what? Funny enough, uh, about a year, a year and a bit ago, um, with, the, with uh, uh, Kim and I, we were in Michigan visiting my dad, and uh, we, were, we were at the, the coffee shop, and uh, this, this guy and his wife was sitting down on the tables, and they're doing crossword, and they, they said, uh, um, uh, what, what uh, Van Halen singer uh, uh, made his own whiskey? And it's like, seriously, my turn around is great. was like, Sammy Hagar. <laughs> and they're like, oh my God. Oh my God. And, and Kim knew he was going to answer right away because Susie had the question. She looked at me right away. I was like, Sammy Hagar. And it's like, oh, really? It's like, oh, yeah. So we started talking about music and then hockey. It's like, you know, the, 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 the Canadian politeness to, to the American charm, we'll call it. <laughs> Well, you, you could have really exposed yourself there, couldn't you? If you'd gone, how many, how many letters is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, as soon as I heard Van Halen singer and, and, and tequila, it's, it's Sammy. <laughs> you see, I'm not a big crossword person, but I feel like if I was, 
I'm not sure I'd want someone leaning over and telling me all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, they, they asked. It was Jimmy asked. They did not know, so I gave the answer. Oh, they asked you. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Oh, that's different. Okay. Well, they, <laughs> I thought you just like yeah, they, they, and went, I've got this one. <laughs> well, they, they put it out to the floor, didn't they? Say, look, you know, I'm I'm I'm, I'm struggling here. I've, I've got a ten across here, and there's got to be someone in the room who knows a bit more about this than me. Let's uh, let's let's find out. No, it pretty much that's where it was. They, they posed a question to the entire like, kind of coffee slash gas station people in there. They <laughs> Turn around and said, Does anybody know who was this? Like, so I was like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna speak up. Like, Sammy Agar, come on. Like, that was an easy one. What the hell? <laughs> it, 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 also, it sounds a bit of Hollywood, that doesn't it? When someone makes this big kind of announcement to a room full of strangers, you know, <laughs> no, 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 normally you'd be like, like, Shut up, man. I'm trying to eat over here. What are you doing? You know, yeah. <laughs> no, it, it, like, no one cares. No one cares. Well, right? You work well, it out. It you was, got Google. You do it. Exactly, right? <laughs> It's, it's, like, it's like, what about Bob? No, Dr. Leo Marvin, Dr. Leo Marvin, so loud, like through a small town. Like, right. uh, thank you, Bill Murray. But so, um, let's get back to the music here. Let's kind of make a, a quick hard right here and get back to the music. So, your your album, Acria Block, uh, man, this was a masterpiece and a half. We've played every song off that album uh, more than a couple of times, and we just love them. I just, uh, I just, it's nice and it's it's just, just badass because I can't figure out where you're gonna go next and that's a good thing, and but just some of the shredding and just some of the the, the different guitar rigs like my god it's there my my jaws on the floor is like man like what that's something I would aspire to be like right there. Oh, I appreciate that and uh, I appreciate you guys um, playing the tracks out as well. That's um, you know that that uh, it, it, it means it means a lot. That sort of you know you were you were really happy to do that and really dug the music as well. I think that's the most important thing that you really sort of enjoyed listening to the music because I guess that's that's the primary thing of all this, isn't it? Is that we want to we want to write and record stuff that people enjoy listening to and get a kick out of. So it's really it's really nice to hear that and I appreciate that. Well, you know, with uh, well, pretty much every week for for MS, I usually put all submissions I I've I've put into a Dropbox. But then what I'll do is I'll put it uh, into another file so it goes to my phone. So I go kind of go to submissions because I always have a lot of them have double what we're going to play. But that gives me a chance to go through them. So it's into back and forth to work and when I'm walking around stuff and I get, to, I get more time to listen. So it's nice. But it just nice when the, when this sort of thing sticks out because I'll be honest with you. And I know uh, Mike can uh, second this that this is a definitely the most, um, we'll say, unique but 80s style sounding guitar somewhat like uh, I don't know we're going to mention Van Halen again here too but just such a different instrumental value to everything that Mike's and we'll attest this too that we do play some instrumentals here and there but not too many and just the fact the majority of the EP was instrumental or the album was uh, instrumental it just we love it and it, it just, just does not need lyrics like, at all Uh, it's yeah, it's a it's a funny it's a funny one the whole question about the lyrics because it wasn't the sort of lack of trying to find a lyricist that ended up being an instrumental album. I was I was very keen to sort of um to kind of see if I could get some kind of vocalization on the tracks, which wasn't going to be me because I'm an absolutely awful vocalist. <laughs> and uh, I, I suppose the, in in the end in the end the sort of the kind of the throw was sort of well. It, it can't be me. If I can't find someone, then what we'll do is we'll just actually say, well, let, let's kind of double down on the guitar and say, well, let's 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 actually get the guitar to do a lot of the work that the vocal would already be doing as well. So 
that's kind of where the, where, where the idea about sort of making them very kind of instrumental based tracks comes comes from in a way it's it, it, it was more about well if we're going to do it let's just go full tilt let's just you know it's all guitar isn't it? the ep is all guitar because it's all guitar it's that kind of thing and i just thought well let's let's not sort of make a halfway house here let's just go four to the floor and let's just pile in there with with the kind of guitar that sort of really sort of just carries tracks along i think and in, in the end it ended up being sort of quite a strong a strong theme throughout the albums and that kind of really set the tone for what we ended up with was the idea that the guitar is the thing so let's really just kind of build everything around right how we can really kind of push guitar and kick it on if you like i think that's such a great approach like i mean as bainsey said there and i think more and more over the last few years and we've discussed it on air um as well you know we, we, there are more instrumental tracks first of all we get sent more now i don't know right. why necessarily but that gives us a wide right all. yeah well yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> officially calling parts of the rabbit hole probably helps that but secondly like you know there's a whole range that we you know there, there's some real like people write some really cinematic soundscape things some really experimental avant-garde things but it's really hard um and actually i can i can think of two people and you'll know the other one Tex-Mex Shaman um, with big fans mm. on as well um, but you and him just have this way of creating narrative telling stories with the guitar it's amazing like it's not about genre or style I mean there's I mean Christ there's like funk there's jazz there's grunge there's big heavy riffs there's everything in your music it's insane actually yeah. <laughs> but it's like I don't know there's something like you say the guitar becomes everything about it and so but it, it 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 takes on this this voice of its own doesn't it it's it's in a way it's really simple it's not like you've layered it with hundreds of you know different you know there's not like loads of organ tracks and everything else it's just all flourishes here and there but it's so well written in terms of melody and everything else and it just kind of comes out and tells these stories i think it's fantastic i, I love the thread you wrote by the way about about each individual track because then you go back and you, you don't even need lyrics you can hear the lyrics just reading that it's like a guide like a lyric book it's incredible um, <laughs> uh, yeah it, it, it was a funny one that because when i wrote that i, I, I sort of I, I felt a need to almost kind of tell myself what why, why i've done what i've done in a way so i thought i'll um <laughs> I'll get I'll get this down somewhere, and I'll just I'll 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 kind of you know just 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 in case sort of um it, it ever sort of you know I ever get grabbed by the lapels and someone says you know Metro what the hell were you thinking and I'm like ah oh, well <laughs> but I was thinking when I wrote that song um, so <laughs> I, I think in a way it, it allows you to be a bit freer when when you're sort of when you put yourself in that position of just kind of you know being able to decide sort of how you want these things to kind of be put together and you make a conscious decision to sort of make it very much all about kind of you know what you can do with with, with the guitar um and I, I kind of speak for myself when i say this really for me it becomes much easier because you're not sort of fighting against lots of other things then in a way you've already got the thing that you know wants to kind of And then it just becomes about the push and the pull, really, and sort of, you know, the crafting of it all. So it's quite it's quite interesting, in a way, to write from that kind of point of view, because I've, I've been in bands before, being in a, a band when I was younger, and I've played bass in bands, and I've worked in, um, you know, standard band setups, drums, bass, guitar, vocals, and all this kind of thing. So I understand the dynamic of all of that. And this was sort of very different. This was sort of much more, I suppose, in a way, personal, if you like, rather than kind of a collective effort. So that kind of comes to i think as well the fact that this is sort of me really kind of nailing my colors to the mass saying you know this is how i interpret all the music that i loved listening to as a kid and growing up and these are the things i really want to dial back into 
um, to write the kind of music that I really like. So it really came from a place of sort of, you know, the kind of music I want to listen to is the kind of, and the kind of music I write, I want other people to listen to, to that sort of thing as well and kind of get on my wavelength with it, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. What What's the hardest thing about writing as a solo artist as opposed to being in a band? Um, that's, that's a really good one. And I, I think it's something I've had to learn over time, actually. The hardest thing is knowing sort of what to keep and what, um, and, and what to sort of... Uh, get rid of and I suppose by that the hardest thing is being sort of self-critical um and the only way you can do it sometimes is to actually sort of turn your back on it for a bit and then come back to it I mean when I was writing all the tracks for what became creative block I sort of my head was in them quite heavily and you know I was kind of putting lots of stuff in there and piling lots of things in and putting little bits in and then I think I, I sort of um life kind of diverted me for a month just into other stuff I was quite busy with other bits and bobs and so I didn't touch the tracks for a month and then I came back to them and I think I ended up taking out about 15 minutes worth of music that I originally intended to be on the album. So that was really interesting in a way because it allowed me a bit more sort of subjectivity. And I came back to it and I listened to them again like they were brand new tracks. And straight away, you sort of, you instantly hear what you don't need and what's wrong with them and you allow yourself to be more critical. So I think in doing it this way, you, you've, got, you've got to sort of, you have to learn to step back a lot because like any any musician will tell you when when you're, when your head's in it and you're kind of you're really sort of going for it and putting all this stuff together it's very hard to sort of be subjective if you haven't got like a band to bounce things off and all that kind of thing so for me it was more about knowing what to keep and what to get rid of than sort of anything else that was the really hard trade-off in the end and that probably took the most amount of time in terms of things i had to sort of get right if you like before i could say i think that's it now i think we've got what we want to call this collection of songs so i'm, I'm curious on that I'm gonna sorry, just continuing this thread because that's fascinating. Like, <laughs> I, I've done a few things on my own over the years, and it, it is much. I find it much much harder, but um, just generally, I find it harder <laughs> um, for all of these reasons. <laughs> and I, but um, also, I can't sing and I can't write very good instrumentals, so I always get stumped somewhere. But um, <laughs> one of the, uh, <laughs> the the interesting thing about that though is, I mean, 15 minutes feels like a lot, but I guess mm. because because it, it is the guitar telling the story, it's like chopping, you know, a verse out of every song, isn't it, almost? It's, yeah. You equate yeah. it to that, because there is nothing else doing that bit. It's not actually that uncommon, I suppose. But knowing when to edit must be really tricky. Yeah, but when, 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 you, when you first sort of, like, kind of set yourself the challenge of it, it, it is. And I suppose the other way to think about it is nor, nor, normally kind of what, what we'd understand to be sort of how normal kind of rock songs and kind of rock bands operate is the you've got guitar and then you've got kind of maybe the vocal takes over for a bit and then you've got something else happening. And when you don't have that kind of push and pull of lots of other bits, it kind of forces you to be quite economical in a way. And I think you're right. A lot, a lot of what it was, was, you know, here's a song with three verses. You take out a verse, it's still the same song. You've just kind of compressed it down a bit. And I was really keen to sort of um, put something out there that was quite punchy as well. Um, and again, this goes back to sort of the, the thing I mentioned when I spoke about, van halen you know their first album was sort of like it was about i think 38 40 minutes long something like that but i was struck by how lean it was it's not like an ounce of fat or wasted wasted music on that album and i think that was kind of the sort of thing i was going for as well that you, it's it's about sort of squeeze because you can sort of the smallest amount of stuff if you like um and that for me was also the challenge as well was to create something that was really tight lean and economical 
but sounded really quite big and expansive. That was another thing, a, a challenge I sort of set myself as well, that, you know, it's that classic thing, isn't it? Do more with less and you'll get a better result. And that was really a big driving force. And I think a lot of people, when they, um, you know, regardless of the type of music, when you mix your own music or even master or you know, do both um, in some cases, I think you have similar challenges. Um, again, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not particularly a producer, I'm just a bedroom amateur. But, you know, I work, you know, my singer does almost all of the production on, um, you know, on, on the, the band releases. And he kind of gets really into it. And then, but he's also the singer. So, you know, the first thing he does is turn yeah. the vocal up. And you're like, yeah, no, that's cool, David. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or whatever it is, or if he really likes a guitar sender. So, yeah, but how do you, it's hard to get out of, you know, it, I think leaving it alone and just coming back to it is the, is the, is the way, isn't it? Because otherwise it's just like, it's always slightly touched by the fact that you wrote it as well as you're mixing it or you know, editing it or whatever it is. Um, and so there's that sort of difficult balance. But then we see so many, I mean, especially in the last year, I guess, but you know, for years really, so many people who just you know, get on and do everything themselves. I guess everyone has to learn that lesson at some point. Um, but you seem to have learned it, you know, considering... Is this the first album? I haven't made that up, have I? This is the first album I've <laughs> No, it is, it, is, it, is, it is the first one, yeah. And, and I think what you've said there is really interesting as well, because for me, the sort of... The art of self-criticism is perhaps the hardest thing. It's that thing, isn't it? The moment you sort of... It's something of your own making. It's very hard, I think, to become subjective about it, because we instantly have an, an attachment to it and a connection to it, doesn't it? And it's ours and sort of... It's ours to do what we want with, and we don't kind of like the idea of sort of outside interference in, in, in that. And I think that was another driving thing behind trying to make it all very lean. It's like giving yourself less to deal with creates less problems, doesn't it? And you've got less things sort of coming at you in terms of things that can go wrong or challenges. Perhaps, you know, if this if this was a was a was a bunch of songs that had been written by a bunch of people. I can imagine they'd be very different if there'd been sort of a collective input and there'd perhaps been vocal lines on there. I, I get the feeling they sort of turned out, they would have turned out very different to how they have turned out. But because it was just kind of me putting all these things together, that's that's taken them down a certain path. And the idea of sort of mixing and mastering your own stuff is an interesting one because it's, it's like everything, isn't it? You'll get some people who are really good at it and really just understand the science behind that and get the science of kind of sound and music and balancing and all that kind of thing and that takes quite a lot of sort of subjectivity as well i think which i don't really possess which is why i have to kind of <laughs> leave it come back to it leave it come back to it and have this very sort of you have this kind of love-hate relationship with it for a long time and, and, and then you get to a point where you go okay how do i now know that i've reached a point where i think it's as good as i can get it, it that's the tough one as well isn't it to know when uh, the time is to stop uh, stop yeah. doing stuff just yeah. gotta leave it now put it out there and let other people have a have it now it's that kind of thing as well that's that's the toughest thing for me i think is being able to kind of stop right please <laughs> report hand your evidence in at some point <laughs> well, oh, it's, 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 better, it's better than going, oh, you dirty, dirty prick. You know, like, yeah. Like, <laughs> then sort of because, like, oh, okay, that sounds better. Like, I, I know that was a bit of a crude reference, but, you know, it happens from time to time. I guess maybe that was often, maybe more for me, but. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I did have one other question which is related to this. Sorry, sorry, that was, uh, Don't know where to go from there, eh? <laughs> 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 um, 
Player record, great player record. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Um, So the other thing was, um, and you sort of touched on it there, there's a bit of science in this, right? And obviously there's a a whole play of art in it, because that's what this is. But I think with any music, it's the balance between the science and the art. So that's Mm -hmm. why jazz is so interesting, or some of the experimental stuff is so interesting, because it's like, well, if it's out of key, or you know, if it's technically not right, how come it still sounds good? But there is that sort of balance, isn't there, between there there are things that we... We do. We, we know certain notes, chords, progressions, things go together, and we experiment and push the boundaries. But um, I guess the question is, where, where, how do you strike the right balance between science and art when you're doing something like this, particularly on your own, uh, but generally as well? I, th- I, th- I think. I think for me, and this is the, that, that to me is more question about sort of kind of how you write and how you put music together, and and and, and for me, it's sort of it's. It's it's a really it's a really kind of funny process. I mean, I'm not I'm not sort of one of these people who picks up the guitar and everything that comes out of it is kind of you know absolute gold. It's like <laughs> some days it'll be fun and some days it'll be absolutely just awful. And I'll you know I'll I'll wish I'd never seen a guitar kind of thing. So it pictures and holes. It it it, it, it quite a lot for me. And what, what what I find is that when you when you hit on something, you've got to try and package it as quick as you can because as quick as it's there, it can go again. Oh yeah. And a lot of the riffs on the album, they were sort of, a, a, a lot of the kind of the core riffs to these tracks on the albums, they were sort of they're generally the first take of them. It's when you put it on, you're feeling good, and you just kind of you know you you, you churn something out, you crank something out, and you play it back, and you go, I'm not going to play that that good ever again, <laughs> so I'm going to keep that one. It's, it's 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 that kind of thing where you, you've got to sort of accept your own limitations as well. I think, haven't you? And the way I write, I write quite sort of, um, you know, I, I don't sort of write kind of start, middle, end. I've never been able to do that. But what I do do is I like is I like to have sort of a good idea of kind of how I want it to feel and how I want the song to sort of pitch and roll. And songs right. like um, Sludge Farm, Dreadnought, were like that, where I had this really clear idea, like Sludge Farm, where I was like. Like, I want that sort of Alice in Chains vibe, that kind of thing. And oh, man. Dreadnought that's... was like, I want that sort of Rage Against the Machine vibe, you know, it's that kind of thing. No, admittedly, as soon as I seen Sledge Farm, that's the first thing I thought was Alice in Chains. So it's like, I was like, oh, mm. nice. Yeah, and I, I, again, that's just sort of really just me just sort of, you know, unashamedly dialing my doing as much as I can to sort of sound as close to them as I can really and you, you sort of think you know there's there's no point trying to kind of hide that you know, these are the bands I grew up with these are the bands I, I love and if they're within a hundred miles of me I'll go and watch them play live so why not sort of you know if, you, if you're going to do it do it, do it do it do it in that way oh man I, I got lucky enough to see Alison Chains live uh, before Lane Sealy passed away unfortunately but um, I saw I, I saw them in 92 so uh, um, uh, essentially, fa- uh, no, facelift had been out for about a year or so, but Dirt was just coming out. So, oh uh, man, what a great, yeah. what a great concert! And it was before before he kind of chopped his hair a little bit. So Lindsay was here, still passes like just just past his shoulders, you know. And Jerry Cantrell was tearing up, and this was before they switched uh, uh, um, uh, Mike Starr for Mike Inez. So for, drum, mm-hmm. for drummers, but yeah. man, what a badass concert! And I, I'll, I'll st- I still will never forget it, just because a lot of the tunes they played off of Facelift were just badass as hell. Like White Line was amazing live. Holy Christ, that was awesome! Mm-hmm. 
I just love it. And just the fact that Jerry Cantrell is, I, I picture him like a lot like you. I mean, like you guys just want to jam and rock it out, kind of exactly like Slash does too, right? That's the kind of guitars I picture as Alan, as, as like a Slash or a Jerry Cantrell. Just a guy who just wants to jam and just have a good time and just put music out there. Well, I mean, I, I, that, that, that's really lovely to hear. I mean, you know, that, that those are two massive influences on me. And I think that's exactly it as well. I think, you know, it's that thing they say, isn't it? If you enjoy it, it's never work, is it? It's all just fun, isn't it? It's all just enjoyment. And, you know, the reason we all kind of picked up guitars, wasn't it, in the first place, was because it was cool and we wanted to have fun and we wanted <laughs> to be that person, didn't we? Um, you know, it's, it's, that, it's that kind of thing, isn't it? There's a real sort of kind of... Um, sort of what, what am I trying to say here sort of like kind of image and sort of um, way you kind of present yourself that goes with saying you know I'm a guitar player I play a guitar I'm in a band it's that kind of thing and of course when I first picked up a guitar back in the early mid 90s you know guitar right. still kind of ruled the world really you know in, in, in a way there was a you know, there were guitar-based bands everywhere. Um, and it was a real, you know, everyone in my school was a guitar player. Everybody was sort of playing guitars and, and, and in bands and doing this, that, and the other. And it was a real rich time to sort of be, be kind of riding that wave, if you like. So I think, I think I've never really kind of lost that. Like, I've never lost that sort of, um, that, that kind of feeling and that thought when I put it on the guitar. It's just sort of like, you know, this is about having fun, really getting right. down and getting into it and just, just going for it just really just having a good time with it you know and just kind of pulling everything you can out of it as often as you can well you know what i've got this sorry going crazy. what last one on mike and then you can go so um i just thought it's because when you were talking about like early mid or mid and early 90s everybody playing guitar if you remember the ska band real big fish they they put out a song called everybody plays guitar <laughs> <laughs> and 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 the very the, the the first very first verse there was a, it says uh um I was I was gonna get all all my friends together I was gonna go and start a band but every every everything that's been cool has already been done why would I want to go do it again no uh, and it's, <laughs> but and everybody plays guitar did, 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 but anyway so I just a quick music reference kind of tied in there but there you go so go ahead Mike well actually it was related say so I, I have this. Uh, vivid memory of um, I guess it was probably my first ever band practice sort of unofficially where a group of us who decided we were going to be in a band all kind of um, stayed after school um, you know for an hour or whatever in the rehearsal room that was there <clears throat> which was probably tiny and there was like 10 of us squeezed into this room um, mm-hmm. we all agreed and then we all turned up and there was you know, part of the reason this all got together is because one person played drums, so there was a drummer. So I was like, okay, cool, we've got a drummer, we can form a band. And I'm pretty sure someone played bass, or they might have borrowed a bass. And then there were eight guitarists, right? And so <laughs> we're all and it was like, well, what, what do you know? Who knows how to play anything? It, it basically became like a, an hour long jab on Breed by Nirvana, which was pretty good fun. Yeah. But, um, yeah. This image when you just said, "Oh, we're at school, everyone, everyone play guitar." Just got this image mm. of that. You turn up and everyone goes, "Oh no, I quit. Fuck it." Like uh, I, I can't play like it. <laughs> like you know, that would have put me right off. Oh, how did that guy do that? <laughs> and just on the song, it, 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 I mean. It was sort of like yes, but not because sort of like it was like how do you do that? It was kind of like oh, this guy likes Nuno Betancourt and Extreme and Skid Row. I don't want to be seen dead with him. You know? <laughs> See, you know, you know what, Alan? I'm I'm glad you mentioned Skid Row because when I think of Sebastian Bach now, because he's done so much voiceovers and and, and appearances here and there, 
but he was on a Canadian show called The Trailer Park Boys for for, for about right. about a season and a half. And man, he's a so much better actor than he is a, than he is a singer. But it's funny too because they they used him uh, in Robot Chicken as a, as a character called Wild Man, and uh, that's right. one video that you guys are gonna have to look up, or I'll post a link to you because there's some stuff that they say in there that I can't say on air, and I don't want to. So you can have a look at it. But <laughs> but still, it's still funny. It's still funny. I mean, one of the things he goes, "Want to see how the Wild Man brushes his teeth?" <laughs> like, 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 <laughs> well, man. Back to, there, there was that very famous performance he did at Donington, I think, wasn't there? Where sort of, I, I remember there was like, a, I was listening to it on the radio, and and the guy on the radio, like he was sort of, I, I guess like the DJ who was kind of in in between songs and stops, explaining to the people at home what was going on, <laughs> and he kept referring to Sebastian Bach as the Wild Man of Rock. He's like, oh, here comes the Wild Man of Rock again. What's he going to do now? And I'm thinking he's probably going to sing another song. Can you just shut up and let yeah. him? <laughs> 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 I think that was, I think that was the concert where he broke his microphone as well, wasn't it? Because he yeah, that's right. So powerful into it, the mic shorted out, didn't it? Oh my god! That's something you don't hear a lot of, isn't it? Like you know, people can't turn. You know, play the guitar so loud. Or eighteen and young man. And that scene in uh, uh, Back to the Future, and you know, you hear the oh, smash the drum kit. You never really hear someone go, "Oh, that guy sung so loudly he broke the mic." Yeah, it's a real hold my beer moment. That isn't it? It's like, yeah, okay, all right, hang on. Well, and 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 funny enough that Huey Lewis is one of the judges when they play. They're oh, you guys are just too darn loud. That's Huey Lewis. This, you know, and of course they play the power of love in the actual movie, right? (laughs) I'm sorry, guys, you're just too darn loud, right? (laughs) (laughs) So I mentioned earlier that I I had to host a a virtual kids party today, which was um, kind of insane, but kind of fun. (laughs) Um, but it, it, it made me realise, of course, you know, having not seen anyone and become a hermit for uh, as everyone, I suppose, for the last year or nearly, um, it made me, you know, reminisce and think about. Oh, I remember when people were allowed into the house and stuff like that. Uh, but my, I was going to ask you, what's the, the um, what's the weirdest thing that someone you've invited over has done in your house? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> It's not sort of, um, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's weird, but it kind of unsettled me a bit. It's like, um, I've gone through very many permutations of my guitar setup over the years. I used to use a lot of the old, um, the boss individual pedals, you know, the really, the really cool ones in the, like the metal cases. And I, ha- I used to have them all laid out on the floor. And I think we had a kid's party one day um, and I'd accidentally left them all out. And uh, I-, I came back to them and there were just sort of like plastic forks sticking out of them and like kind of like birthday cakes smeared all over them. Oh. It looked like some weird ritual had happened with all of these. I was, I was just... Oh, that's... that's... No one's going to... Oh, gonna oh my God, what have they done? Oh, my God. You know what, man? Does it tie to that? And just because I just saw this episode recently of Seinfeld when he, he uh, the, the, a mother blames him uh, for for Gina's song "Swing Words," and then he's like, "Oh, I didn't do it." He's like, "Oh, come on!" They turned around, the kids pulling the tape, uh, the tape off because he's like, "Because like, what the fuck are you doing, you little fuck?" 
So totally, totally good. I, I can just, I, 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 I feel bad for me. I couldn't even picture it going like, like, oh my god, like, what the hell did you do? I did. Uh, <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I appreciate it's a live show. But I did accidentally, <laughs> did accidentally make a child cry in my house once. Um, <laughs> it, it was like a sleepover, and it, had, you know, I was kind of at the end of my tether. It had gone past midnight. Yeah. And this kid just said something. I was like, "Look, you've been saying that for a long time. It's time to just go to bed and go to sleep now." And I wasn't like, I didn't think I was being that mean, but he just his little face <laughs> just burst into tears. I was like, "Oh, it's okay." It's like, and he obviously like probably missed his parents or whatever. I was like, "Oh God, I'm sorry." I did have that once. Um, my youngest had one of his friends over after school, and I think the kid was sort of a. Uh, I think he was learning to play a bit of guitar and he came in and sort of made the mistake of kind of taking one of my guitars off the wall without oh. asking me first and I was like I was just like whoa 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 put it back you know what I mean All right. I guess the look on my face must have just said you know you want to be putting that back really quickly <laughs> no no put it back <laughs> yeah. yeah but you know, you know well, the... It, it, was the, it was the carefree nature of just taking it off from the very bottom with one hand and like wobbling it around like it was like you know some comedy stack of plates in some in some looney tunes co- um <laughs> cartoon i was just like you know my okay. life was flashing before my eyes in slow motion you're quite into like guitar gear right I, I mean i've not asked you this prior to now so i'm, I'm making some assumptions but i feel like you're probably similar to me in that there's always you know pedals and guitars and amps and stuff kind of going in and out of the house and there's some deals over here and some trades over here and a bit here grows and a bit here you know you run out of drawers to put things in and stuff like that but um, is that kind of fairly accurate are you, are you a bit of a um, guitar gear nerd would you say uh, yeah i mean sort of I've, I've, found, I've, I've sort of i've been put in a position where over the years i've sort of had to kind of compress it down <laughs> certainly there's been a there's been a succession of kind of marshall 4x12s and jcms going in out the front door over the years and various guitars coming in and, and go out and stuff. And I've sort of, I've kind of, I've, it's taken me a long time to sort of like settle on the kind of setup I'm happy with and one, and one that I can kind of use in the way I want. And I've been through several sort of kind of iterations of it, if you like. I've had big stacks in the house and I've had 15 watt combo amps and all this kind of stuff. But I, I do I do like sort of you know it's it's one of those things isn't it it's sort of you think you've got what you need and then you think actually no there's just one more thing I need and then I've got what I need I mean you probably saw it the other day I put a picture on of the um the talk box that that, that arrived the other day that I um I'm going to be using on some on some new stuff that I'm going to be doing sort of a bit a bit a bit, a bit further down the line and I've wanted one of those for ages because I just think they're one of the coolest effects. Um, but they're bloody notoriously hard to get a hold of talk boxes now. They're not sort of quite out there on the market anymore. You've really got to kind of hustle to get one. And people really do kind of take the, take, take the pee a bit with, with what they're charging for them. So in terms of that, I do like to sort of, I, I like to get things like that in and kind of get my sort of um, my gear arsenal where I want it. But I don't really use a lot of effects, as you can tell from the songs. I'm a bit of a bit of a wah freak i do like more wah pedal and nice. on some stuff I'm, I'm writing a bit further down the line i'll be using a bit of talk box and stuff but apart from that i like to keep it quite sort of uh, i say natural but i mean i just have to sort of you know um it's the guitar plugged into the amp and there's not much else going on so <laughs> that kind of allows me to 
sort of a fairly small setup now, if you saw what I mean, rather than trying to, you know, pull all this stuff in from here, there, and everywhere. And I find that also helps me actually kind of get stuff done a bit quicker as well, because I don't like all that fuss of having to kind of assemble pedal boards and take plugs out and plug stuff in, and that kind of stresses me out a bit. I just like to literally plug in, switch it on, play, job done. You know, it's that kind of thing. I'll tell you a cool story, actually. So what, one of the birthday presents my son got, to, he was nine today, just for context. Yeah. One of his birthday presents was a crybaby. He wanted a, some guitar pedals. And a few nice. weeks ago, yeah, a few weeks ago, obviously his, his birthday is right after Christmas. So you kind of have mm-hmm. a bit of a run up where sometimes you overbuy for Christmas. So you've got stuff in, in the bag ready to go. And then mm-hmm. other time underbuy for Christmas you go all right okay we've got to, got to get some good stuff so I had that conversation with him a few weeks ago I was like right, what else would you like for your birthday you know if you still, still time and he said you know some guitar pedals and we went through a few and I actually used um I, I wanted to show him what a wire pedal was without just me getting a wire pedal out <laughs> kind of average um so I, I played him a few tracks and one of, I can't remember which one it was but one of the tracks I played him was one of yours um oh, so wow. you inspired a nine-year-old in some way uh, to go and uh, to go and blast out some wire, so that's pretty cool, I think. That is cool. My, my work here is done. <laughs> <laughs> right on, man. Well, we're gonna take a quick break here and play a song by Alan Morrissey off his new album, Queer uh, Block. Here's a song called Five Star Hell. Do this. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you. 
Right on. That was Five Star Hell by Alan Morrissey. And man, uh, just because we what a, what a mix since we've been speaking about uh, Van Halen and Nelson Chains. There's your 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 kind of we'll call it a, a, a mix right there. But just some badass shredding and just a great tune. I love the production of it, man. Uh, just, that's why I picked the song. I was like, I, like, I picked all the songs. Like, Retox is good, Dreadout's good, but it's like, yeah, Five Star Hell. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's always interesting to me to sort of to, to to hear what what songs other people like because kind of I've got ones I, I I really like but it's always interesting when sort of someone else picks something up and goes no that that's the one I really like as well because of, often the two aren't the same and I think that's really cool as well isn't it that everyone's got their own kind of thing that they're sort of drawn to in that in in in, in the same group of songs that's sort of you know, like a lot of albums, isn't it? You know, we could talk about any classic right. album, but we probably won't agree right. on our favourite song on the album. Um, oh, did I, sorry, did I just call my album a classic then? I didn't... <laughs> <laughs> we didn't... We didn't pick up, we just went, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just let that one go. You know, I'm agreeing all the way. I could have gone away with that, couldn't I? I should have just kept going then. <laughs> <laughs> I think you could own it, it's fine. I think, it, yeah, we still agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have to say on that um, we are just talking about off air it, it's fascinating what, what people like and don't like about their own music because I adore that tune um, I've, I've liked that tune from the, the minute I first heard it um, and just like Bainsey said it's got a little bit of everything it's almost actually a bit of a signature tune and that um, it has a lot of those different influences in one place and it's got the big quick fire solos it's got the big heavy riff but um yeah the thing that we're saying you know sort of repeating off air is it, it is that you know what we're talking about this woody guitar tone that i just love in the riff and i, I think you know i guess what i'm you know it's funny when i said that the other week you, you just reminded me that i kind of said i don't know what i mean by it but i think that's the right way to describe it and i still kind of feel the same but it is that it's it's a natural guitar sound it's obviously it's run through an amp but it's just at the point of breaking up it's just clean enough that it's clean and heavy enough that it's heavy it's got loads of space and it just you can hear your fingers on the guitar mm. in that mix um, i think is, is what i like and i describe that as woody so there you go is it whiskey that gets described as woody as well yeah oh, yeah it's, <laughs> no, it's like jack daniels isn't it things like that they have a woody tone to them don't they so <laughs> Okay, it's whiskey music. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? Do you ever find just I know we're out of time, but do you ever find yourself just sitting back, listening to your own albums, drinking a bottle of whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, well, definitely sitting back, listening to my own music. Not, not so much with the whiskey these days. Um, <laughs> but I, I, definitely get, I can definitely get behind the sort of listening to my own music and then sort of, you know... Um, Doing that, doing that fateful thing where I offer up, my, offer up my own critical analysis of what I must have been thinking at the time when I did that particular thing, that particular song. So maybe, maybe, maybe a bit of maybe a bit of whiskey would go towards kind of sort of a calm, calming the conflict down a bit more. <laughs> we've gone on to a conversation of music at some sort of house party, and I've ended up with a you know circle of people playing something. Always something that I've put out, but often, and then describing to people in painful detail every reason why every is either really good or really bad, or why I wasn't happy with it. And you go, that's the point where I've had too much to drink. <laughs> that's the point. So I just <laughs> done. Having <laughs> drum circle of critique. Um, anyway, uh, Brains is going to tell us we're out of time. I think. 
Yeah, unfortunately, we are out of time, Alan, but thank you so much for joining us, and we will do a catch-up with you in an, another month or two because we're, we're extremely busy, which is good, but we will get you back on very soon to continue on. We'll do a part two of an interview with Alan Morrissey. That, that'd be great. No, thanks very much for having me on tonight. It's been, it's been really good fun and really, really nice to talk to you as well, and thanks again for, uh, for playing the songs. I really do appreciate that. Thank you very much. And for everything you do for... For new music and independent artists as well, you know, a um, lot, 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 lot of love for that and a lot of support out there for you guys, so keep keep doing it as well. We, we just genuinely love listening to music and <laughs> 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 We love it. Thank you so much. It's been it's been brilliant. Um, where is the best place for people to uh, uh, to, to find you and follow up after this? Um, is, you know, you're on Twitter quite a bit. Is that a good place to... To get yeah, yeah. Um, on 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 the sort of major socials, Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can listen to my music on all the, in all the usual all the usual uh, parts of the internet you'd expect to find it. Um, so yeah, there's no there's no hiding from it really. It's pretty 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 easy <laughs> to kind of locate the, and um, <laughs> and and enjoy it. And uh, please do. I hope uh, I hope I hope a few more people get to listen to it and a few more people enjoy it. And uh, thanks very much. Tag button for the next album. Alan Morrissey. Yeah. There's no hiding from it. <laughs> thank you <laughs> thank you so much Alan we'll talk to you again very soon will do thank you very much guys right. great to talk to you you too have a great night and you thanks bye now have a great rest of the bye show now. bye thank you alright we're just going to hear a call mic right back here so call mic right back just one moment and call mic back in three two Mike what's happening Wow, man! What a, what a great interview, eh? Yeah, I mean, it's not. I know I say it every week now because we pretty much interview someone every week. Yeah, I guess no one's out gigging, and every week I go, "Oh, that went really quickly. We could talk to them for hours." But it's so true. It is. <laughs> it is because really we, we, we have a part two with uh, uh, Katja Macab coming up in March as well. We're playing. Yeah. Her, we're playing her tonight, and then we'll, we'll probably fit in Alan Morsey in that point too, maybe a month later. But we'll have. Uh, we'll be setting up. Uh, uh, Stu's one blind mouse in March as well. We do have confirmed uh, by pilots from Twenty One Grams that we'll they'll be interviewing. We'll be interviewing them on the twentieth of February, and uh, we're looking to fill a spot the thirteenth. And uh, at a couple of mine, we will get to everybody at some point. I promise you that because we have lots of time and we love interviewing people. So, or the bands I should say, but. So we'll get that taken care of. But uh, yeah, our next uh, confirmed interview is February 20th, Saturday, February 20th, with 21 grams, which will be awesome. So Nice, nice. But yeah, that was amazing. He's such a talented guy, but he's, you know, he's just a really nice, down-to-earth person who clearly just really enjoys writing and playing music. Um, and it just, I mean, you know, everyone heard that track. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> well, oh, oh, that's right. That's why I, I, I compared to people like Jerry Cantrell and Slash. They still want to jam, right? It's like, let's just have, yeah. let's just do it. It may not yeah. be the best all the time, but it's all right because, like, I, as much as like Jerry Cantrell, you know, Boggy Depot was. Eh, no, <laughs> you know? I love that album. I love that <laughs> See, album. You I, say that. <laughs> I, I, I like, I like most of it, but it just wasn't. You know, I just expected just maybe a little bit more out of them, but it's still good. I still have it. Don't get me wrong. Like, I, I'm not saying I hate the album. <laughs> I just I, I I think I was uh, I I uh, put the bar a little too high in my head. So, but either way, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's your fault. It's on you. Yeah. It's on you. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of time I wasted on you. <laughs> 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 I, 
I, I mean, not wasted. I did, but, uh, oh. <laughs> Can I pass on this one? <laughs> oh, man, that's a great album. I don't no. hear anyone say anything else about it. <laughs> well, well moving, moving on, kind of. But um, we, again, we have a brand new Dichroma. His song's called Twist the Knife. I, is is that is that a good lead in? I mean, no, is that <laughs> yeah, why you know, yeah, yeah. So here you go with Dichroma and twist the knife. Take this. <laughs> Dichroma with a song called Twist the Knife. And you know what? This uh, was, was a little heavy as fuck. I mean, just uh, playing flat out, <laughs> playing flat out just to start out with because there's there's no disputing that. But man, they had this time around, they had a bit of a white zombie sound to them, man. And, and it was like a mix up between um, the, the, the Sexual Sista with the first album and Astral Creep. Like it was like yeah. it was it was crazy. It's like like man, that guitar work and just just the the sound and the, the, well the influence, right? But holy crap! I was just like, what a great tune. And just speaking of Dichroma, it was funny because um, Aaron from Dichroma uh, posted on, on her on her page about the list. He goes, he goes, oh, for a second, there, I thought that was last week's uh, a whiteboard, right? Just because there's a few similar bands on there. So it's like no, no, no. I, I'd say it, but it's like they were like, oh, no, 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 Todd, we're good. I mean, I, I know I know his name's not Todd, but referring to Family Guy, right? Like, yeah, so. yeah I couldn't tell it too by the, by the voice. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yay! Um, yeah. 
Um, just on, on, on that note of clips, I was just saying, I'm, I'm going to have to get a clip of, of, of you uh, saying just now, uh, is that a good intro? <laughs> it's just a brilliant, um, or a good lead-in. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Um, man, this, this is just a big, kick-ass, heavy rock and roll tune, isn't it? I mean, that is awesome. There's a, there's a Judas Priest album, right, called Demolition, um, which never did very well because it was where Rob Halford left and they got that guy Ripper Owens in and, you know, he, he was brilliant, actually. Um, but the whole sound of the band changed. It would have been a really good album by any other metal band, but it wasn't really a Judas Priest album. Yeah. Um, but some of the, it's a, it was one of my favourites. It was amazing. But there's a track called One On One, and that's got such a similar filthy guitar sound, like K.K. Downing's guitar, and that is just disgustingly heavy. Um, and this is kind of similar. It's got that kind of vibe in it, which is awesome. Um, and then it's just, yeah, intense. It's kind of growly. It's kind of, you know, a little bit claustrophobic. It gets under your collar. I love it. These guys write such amazing music. It's so heavy and so good. Um, yeah, I just I could have listened to that, you know, for a lot longer. To be honest with you, when you said like five seconds left, I was like, really? Oh yeah. Can't I, believe- well, it was, <laughs> it, was, it was very cool. Once Aaron sent the sent the the the, 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 the EP over, right? He's like, oh, this is awesome. Can we listen to it? He's like, oh my god. And so I was like, okay, well, we're gonna go single. He sent us first, and then I'll I'll kind of go through and pick which which heavy ass you want to play. And like uh, this was like, yeah, we're gonna go with this one. And it was funny too because I think we posted. Well, actually, I say you posted about it, and uh, they tweeted like that. We mean business. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, man, next band up is a band called Slick Cupid, and uh, initially, uh, I follow I follow them on Twitter, right? And then they got, got the email from them to our MS email, and I read the email and and that sort of thing. And I was like, okay, cool, this is perfect. And initially, when I, when I was doing the, the MS uh, list on my notepad, no, I instead I put sick Cupid. It's like, that's not sick, it's slick Cupid. Just as like, it was just kind of like, <laughs> either way, it, there's a great band, and this is a great tune. And I was uh, I was very pleased because I followed them initially. You know, I, I read their bio. I said, okay, well, listen to some stuff. I can find stuff here. Then uh, they sent us the, the track like, pretty promptly. I didn't even ask for it, which is great. So... Here we go with a band called Slick Cupid. The song's called Take the Th- Take Back the Throne. Dig this.
right on. Slick Cupid would take back the throne. They went from almost kind of like a Blink-182 newfound glory to just heavy like as hell. And man, what a great transition. That was a great mix. I love that too. Awesome. Wow, man. Yeah, that was absolutely killer. That was, for me, somewhere between AFI, who I love. Nice. Dropkick Murphys and Sepultura. <laughs> oh, yeah, nice. <laughs> I just had everything. It was like not, not quite territory, but close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was right. It was this mix-up of like, you know, kind of like horror punk, goth punk, and and just filthy heavy metal. It was fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. What a cool tune. I enjoyed that so much. Oh, I, I just I just saw the, the video the war for territories like oh my god they're like in a desert and stuff like that was like <laughs> <laughs> uh, <Sepultra. laughs> but right on man well next up we have uh, another submission from White Elephant Records and Alicia uh, Adams who sent us before uh, Slumlord Radio were awesome metal band from Michigan and we had as well as uh, um, uh, what's it called uh Oh my god, I feel like such an ass here. Um, I can't think of it, but I'll think of it in a second. Either way, <laughs> either way I feel bad. Um, Overdrive Orchestra, I'm sorry. Wow. Oh. Wow, great <laughs> fire. I'm so sorry, Overdrive Orchestra. I do apologize. So, courtesy of Lucia Adams and White Elephant Records. And this is a new submission of a band that's kind of come, come back after about 20 years-ish. But pretty solid, heavy tune. So here we go, this uh, band called Workhorse. And the song's called The Blazer. Dig this.
with the blazer courtesy of Alicia Adams and White Elfin Records uh, man what a great tune and I have to say like you know what he the, the vocals and some of the some of the tones man remind me of Love Slayer and it was a badass heavy effing tune especially them being kind of on, on how we call it hiatus for a, a, a good amount of time like wow very impressive yeah that was a great tune wasn't it that was just another one where it's just this huge sound I love all the sort of little delays and uh, all the reverb in it that just gives it all this space and you've got this big driving kind of zipping heaviness uh, that goes throughout the zipping heaviness that's a new one <laughs> <laughs> that kind of goes through it um, yeah that's just oh man that's a very cool tune what's the name of that band again sorry I missed that oh oh, oh that was a band called Workhorse Workhorse that was yes. it cool yeah they are that is great that is yeah. seriously good <laughs> Right on. Well, man, next up, ooh, we have brand new, this is a brand new 21 Grams song, and we will have them on the show Saturday, February 20th at 10 p.m. Uh, GMT, 5 p.m. Eastern, and my cat just bit me. Thank you, Freya. So, um, <laughs> here we go with a brand new 21 Grams song called Coliseum. Dig this. Trying not to crack And lead you to 
21 grams with Coliseum. That's her brand new single. And like I said earlier on, we got confirmation from Pods, Richard Podmore, from 21 grams. We'll be interviewing, interviewing them Saturday, February 20th at 10 p.m. GMT, 5 p.m. Eastern. But great tune. Uh, man, it had the, the, the kind of classic, we'll call it, 80 mil style, but with a little bit of a heavier side. When I heard, and I could have sworn I heard, uh, even... Even if they, they wasn't intentional, but there was some at least partial influence from Slayer there as well, and that was badass and heavy as hell. I really enjoyed that tune. <laughs> have you been listening to a lot of Slayer recently? Actually, I have. <laughs> to be honest with you, no, to be honest, I actually have. Like, like Rain and Blood, and then going going as far up as as uh, as God hates us all. <laughs> Oh yeah, that's so good. <laughs> nice. No, yeah, with you. It's, I mean, it's that. Um, I don't know what it's called, but it's that. There's, there's something about that progression, isn't there? Where it's 
Uh, I know I can't remember what it's called. Anyway, um, yes, there's definitely that in the background. I can totally, if you've been listening to Slayer, I can totally um, familiarise with that. I love his vocal so much. Like his vocal, they're a brilliant guitar rock band, you know, heavy metal guitar rock band. But it's, his vocal just soars, doesn't it? Like that, some bits of that are really understated and really just kind of. And then he just sometimes floats a bit. He's got a Bruce Dickinson thing going on, a bit floaty, which is cool. I love the drama in the in the sort of um, tempo of it. The kind of dun, 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 so well paced and so you know just brilliant to listen to. Uh, kind of makes the hair stand up on on your arms, doesn't it? Um, yeah, brilliant. This is such a great band. Um, I really love these guys, and this is yeah, brilliant tune. Right on. Well, as well. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> right on. Well, next up, we have a brand new one from Digital Resistance. Author new album. This one's called Deferred Hope. Dig this. Quo. 
right on digital resistance with deferred hope uh that was a great heavy tune but just but had that punky poppy feel to it and as always the, you know, the lyrics and the vocals were, were awesome and it was uh no it's kind of funny that when, when we tweeted like oh the, obviously a playlist that sort of thing and they're like oh that's one of the older ones and uh they put up the beams and it's an old beam but confirm it's true sort of thing <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, great tune though. Loved it. I just loved that the 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 whole. It's it's it's, it's a, such a crazy dynamic, you know. It's 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 a weird mix of kind of we'll call it new metal rap rock and just like it's it's it's, it's like Rage Against Machine meets uh, Corn. You know, it just like, it's kind of like, huh? Yes. Oh my god. Yes, Corn is. You're absolutely right. You are so right. I was trying to think like there's a, there's a sound in one of the guitar parts that is exactly that. I couldn't think what is that. It's really familiar. But you're right. It's got that. Um, I can't remember if it's monkey or head, but what, one of the guitar players has a very distinct sound. They do in certain bits of songs, especially yeah. on um, on issues in the first no. album as well. Yeah, no, um, that would definitely be head, like uh, Mark something yeah. head. So. Yeah, um, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. It's one of those you really get your teeth into that track. I I picked up on the the Rage Against the Machine, a little bit of Chili's, that kind of you know funky heavy rock thing um, in there. It's also got like this electronic, slightly eighties touch, and there's just a whole load of post punk stuff. I, what my conclusion on these guys is, they are completely unique, but also completely familiar at the same time, which makes it really accessible, and I love it. I absolutely love absolutely. it. That's a yeah, very good point, for sure. <laughs> so, man, next up, brand new King Storm, of course, is our good buddy, Mr. Ron Bowes. So here we go with a greatest show around by King Storm. Read this.
Right on. King Star was the greatest show around. And man, what a great tune. And that was almost like a, a, a Chili Peppers drum finish right there. Like a Chad Smith, like in Flea. Like, that was pretty badass, man. I could really enjoy this tune. <clears throat> Excuse me. And a, a, a huge shout out to Ron Bose. He's sent us so much for the past few years, all his collaborations and his own stuff. But holy crap, man, can this guy kick ass here. And that was a great tune. The vocals were awesome. Just loved it. Just had such a funky, like, but metal hard rock vibe to it. And then just that, that finish line. It's like, man, that's something I expect off of a blood sex sugar magic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Man, I just, I really, really love, like, I think you called it right early on in that. It's got such a great prog rock kind of feel. I love the switch. Just into the first chorus is so good, where it suddenly has got that dun, 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 and you're just like, oh, come on. This is absolutely fantastic. The guitar solos are brilliant. The vocals are brilliant. Ron does a fantastic job on the vocals of these guys. Um, he's got a great voice anyway, but this, yeah, it's really good. It's a, such a good combination. It just feels really tight, really, really good fun. Yeah, proggy and interesting and rocky and heavy guitar solos, great vocals. What's not to love, man? What's not to love? Oh, very true. <laughs> That's very true. So next up, we have brand new Return to Void. This one's called Damage. Dig this. Extreme of pain 
Right on, Return to Void with Damage, and man, that was like a mix of like 80s metal and like late 90s or 2000s new metal. Like it was just like a crazy mix, like just the, the heaviness of the new metal, but the 80s kind of style sounding vocally, but what a badass tune, holy fuck man, like that just bam, like right in your face. <laughs> I love, like that's got such a great driving uh, feel to it, it's just like it, it oh, pushes sorry. you. Sorry, real quick, and the double kick drum. The beat, double kick bass drum, fucking rock on. That was amazing. Oh, I know, man. <laughs> I know. But yeah, it's it's for me, it's just got that, like, it pushes you and pushes you and pushes you and kind of gets you to the, the bit in the, you know, the bit in the middle. Uh-huh. <laughs> but you know what I mean? <laughs> the solo section was just brilliant. Again, it was all about pace and the every note of that solo was absolutely gorgeous but everything around it was brilliant um yeah these guys are fantastic it's so exciting to hear a new album for them it's, you know, it's seriously been feels like forever it's probably only been like right 18 months. i know but, yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah it, i've been so looking forward to this you know the last what was the last one called dance or something yes um and the one before that was incredible as well so yeah top quality band um heavily embedded that, in that, that, lms fans everywhere and that's that's all been courtesy of inverse records from finland yeah those guys are awesome yeah yeah the, the finish not they're doing mate. yeah Clearly. oh yeah absolutely so <laughs> next up we have two more songs left so the next one up is uh another another one of our hashtag nms artists and we're going to have her back on for a part two continuation of the first interview we do with her this is katja mccobb this one's called seven reasons finished dig this
always lusting after others. You won't get out from undercover. You're a jealous motherfucker! Oh yeah, honey, why you give me seven reasons to Right on, Katya Macab with seven reasons finished, and that's the definition of punk right there. And what a great tune, what a badass and heavy tune. The vocals were, were great, and man, I just like, I just, this is a great EP. We are going to have her back on uh, mid-February-ish uh, around there, but uh, to finish up our part one uh, interview, but... Man, what a great tune. Like, the vocals were so powerful. Like, what a great story, too. And I think, like, hearing, like, wow. Like, you don't want to cross her path on it, right? right? <laughs> so, <clears throat> like, yeah, yeah, we're cool. Nope, yep, yeah, we're good. But, uh, great, anyway, great tune. It was a great story to tell, honestly. It really was. And the, the, everything's mixed in was just, yeah, I just very, very much appreciative of, of Cassie McCall. Oh, absolutely. I mean, no, I really enjoyed that interview. Um, was it last week or get lost? Uh, but, about two, three weeks ago. Two or three weeks ago, whenever it was. It was good. It was very, very good. Um, yeah, she was awesome to talk to. And like I said earlier, and, you know, we both said repeatedly, it, it, everyone we speak to at the moment, we just want to get back because it's so much to talk about. It's so much fun. Um, She's definitely one of them. But yeah, what a brilliantly talented. I mean, it's heavy, angry, angsty, beautiful brilliant powerful it's just oh so in your face it's got such a great um 90s tinge isn't it in the background um a little bit like four non-blondes in her vocal um, oh nice I can never, I can never remember uh, the singer's name she's a fantastic producer she produced the dolly Parton album recently um yeah absolutely brilliant 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 um all the way through heavy and uh loud and yeah just everything everything in that is brilliant it really yeah. Got me going. Got my blood boiling. Right? Nice. Well, <laughs> well, man, we have one more song to get to tonight for part one, and this is a very last minute submission, but it's totally cool. It's a band, a good band that we played and we did uh, MS on tour with them. A band called Portobello Express. The song's called You Cry. This is their brand new single, and it's not out yet, so I'm pretty sure this is a world exclusive. So here you go with a world exclusive premiere of Portobello Express and a song called You Cry. Dig this.
world premiere, Portobello Express with You Cry, and we had them on NMSN tour from Austria. And man, this band is awesome. The lyrics are amazing, and it had just a crazy mix of like seventies rock, like uh, kind of tripped electro, mixed in with a little bit of eighties like metal. And just, it just this one just stood out so much because it has such a twist on the regular style. It's just like wow, they they nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Yeah, these guys are just absolutely fantastic. They're, I think they describe themselves as a psychedelic blues band. I could totally go with that as a description, by the way. That's, like, anyone that writes that in their bio, I'm just going to buy all And a hello to Betty Happy Feet. <laughs> yes, um, but yeah, they're just, they are honestly sensational. Just the, the musicality of that is brilliant. It's kind of got that... Um, I don't know, like, I want to say kind of like a, a gypsy punk thing going on in the kind of, you know, the way you can sort of feel them swaying on stage. It's kind of soulful. Right. Uh, that kind of thing, which is awesome. It's obviously got amazing guitar tone and just brilliant, brilliant songwriting. Um, yeah, I just think these guys are awesome. And actually part of the background to to us playing this, you know, tonight, I mean, you know, hopefully they would have sent it anyway and we would have played it anyway, but tonight specifically was there was, you know, I don't know, lots of people would have seen this, but there was some... Um, I can't remember what it was, some sort of award thing uh, on, you know, on like a Twitter thing where you win an award. You don't actually win, uh, you just win. Right. Someone says you've won an award. Um, <laughs> but anyway, it kind of blew up. Like, I don't know exactly what the thing was, but there was definitely someone crazy involved who kind of, turned, I think what it was is like one of the artists or something did a, a thing with um, with a different radio station to one, you know, this person doing the awards was promoting or something. And they seemed to take offense to that and it all went crazy and they started like, you know, we're going to sue everyone. Oh, and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, and all, all these bad <laughs> Oh yeah, I'd like an award. I, I, you know, please vote for me. And then it's like you're going to get sued. It's like, oh fuck off. So <laughs> it, was kind of, it was kind of crazy, and um, I really felt like there was a lot of bands we know in there. A lot of bands, um, you know, didn't know as well. But yeah. I, it just kind of felt like, oh, this is a bit fucking nuts. You know, there's no need for that. Well, like, it's just a Twitter that, award thing. Yeah, exactly. And, you see, a string we play that one a lot. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of like you know, it's it's hard enough for bands, and I get why people want. Oh yeah, for sure. You want to be able to say award-winning artist or whatever. Totally down with that, but equally, I just think you know, it really goes to prove the point that you know, if you're going to go for something like that, really see what it is. Is there any merit in it? Is it worth the effort? Are you actually going to win the thing? Um, well, and all this because otherwise it's just like you never know who's sitting behind a computer being absolutely well, yeah. mental this person it turns out is some crazy lawyer in Florida so it's like, okay. <laughs> well, it, it, it just it's just a question of using the work on, 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 on uh, the air right so <laughs> yeah no no yeah no. <laughs> that's not going racist <laughs> well, well I, I'm, I'm assuming you, I'm assuming you picked that from Terror Park Boys no uh, yes. Ricky, Ricky you, you gotta use good decorum of course it's good decorum <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got it. I don't know how many other people will because it's quite niche, but I'm happy with that. This is a very niche podcast. Well, exactly, right? <laughs> so um, that's it for part one. We'll be back for part two in about 15, 20 minutes for hashtag down the rabbit hole. Until then, we'll talk to you soon. We'll let uh, Mr. RC say, Dr. Clear takes out. Do this. Memory banks of the supercomputer. <laughs> Shrinky-ding that! Krigger out!